Welcome to the Dildorks, dorky discourse on sex, dating, and masturbating. My name is Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist and a sex blogger, and I've been writing about sex toys on the internet, among other things, for almost five years now. A long time. Too long, probably, to be doing that. I should probably grow up and get a real job one of these days, huh? Who are you? (laughs) I'm Bex. I'm a sex educator and blogger. I've been writing about sex on the internet. I checked recently. I've been on Twitter almost five years So that sounds about right. Uh, And I have no intention of ever growing up and getting a real job. So. Yeah. Fuck (laughs) that. That's probably a good plan. We can just both be Peter Pan. No, you can't. Fuck that is later. That's at the end of the show. I'm skipping ahead. God. Pay attention. (laughs) (laughs) It is such a gloomy. I didn't think of any. It's, you know what? We have so much time before we get there, and you still won't have thought of one by the time we get there. But Not even a little bit, but it's fine. Yeah, no. Like, <laughs> I'm a professional. I, I jumped the gun because it's like a gray-ass, gloomy day out there, and we're just both not psyched to be recording. But I feel like we'll, we'll get more psyched as time goes on, perhaps. I know I have a lot of feelings about this topic, so I don't know if psyched is the right word, but like <laughs> I'm expecting some really good angry rambling. Yep. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Look Which forward seems to that. on brand for me, mostly. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not sure what we're going to title this episode, but the uh, preliminary title we had written down was Sex Toy Marketing Trends We Wish Would Die in a Fire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's quite catchy enough to be a title. However, no, it's, it really it's not a sums up my feelings on the matter. Yep. <laughs> So this is interesting because we're both sex toy bloggers, obviously, and um, you have worked in sex toy retail for like a year-ish, and I actually just... Yeah, I'm coming up on a year. Yeah, and I just got a job in sex toy retail, um, which is kind of strange because I feel like most of the people I know who are sex writers started out in sex toy retail and then got into the sex writing thing through that. Whereas me, I'm like, Hey, I don't have any retail experience. <laughs> I'm about to start working in a sex shop after being a sex writer for like five years. So I guess I need to, uh, start cultivating more opinions about sex toys than I already have in order to start this oh. job. And see, what I find really interesting is my opinions about sex toys and my opinions about sex toys that I'll sell are Mm -hmm. very different. Oh, really? How so? Yeah. Like, I I sell the Mimi Soft all day, every day. I've never used my Mimi. I think it's broken. I don't even know what that is. Is that by Jeju? Yeah, it's Jeju's clitoral vibe. Oh, like, the, I, okay, I have that, like, Mimi hard, I guess. <laughs> I yeah, didn't know the, that they made a soft one. Yeah, they make a soft, and it's the one they ta- they sell now. I don't think they make the regular Mimi anymore, or at least my store doesn't carry it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tip is just soft, almost like an Aroha vibe. Okay. It has that, like, squishiness right at the tip. Mm-hmm. But the biggest question, or one of the most common questions I get in sex toy retail is... Oh my god, I've never been in a place like this before. Like, I don't know what to get. <laughs> and I sell them the Mimi Soft all day, every day. Because it's just a really great external vibe. It's got, like, it's a quote-unquote luxury vibe or high-end. Basically, it's rechargeable, waterproof, silicone, long-lasting, and comes with a year warranty. But it's also only $95. So, it's a way to, like, get them in the door on, like, nicer high-end toys rather than selling them, like, a picobong. <laughs> um, but I'm not selling them a $170 Siri or a $145 Form 2. Right. And I love... Those- I love the, the like, dripping hatred that enters most uh, sex toy reviewers' voices when they say the word picobong. <laughs> yeah, it's really... Because it's just, fuck that shit, fuck it so hard. Yeah. Um... <laughs> well, because picobong is a mid-range toy line at a high-end price, which, like, the fuck? I could get, <laughs> like, there are some 
Picobong toys that I can get a rechargeable toy for the same goddamn price as their battery oper- battery operated garbage. And it's like, why? Why would I do that? Or cheaper. Like, so why would I buy Picobong? I want to like it because it has bong in the name. But <laughs> it's just more like Pico wrong, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Terrible bad puns early in the morning. (laughs) So let's talk about these sex toy marketing trends we wish would die in a fire. I do want to talk about gender binarism right off the top, because I feel like that is, like, one of our ragiest topics in sex toy marketing. Um, And I get that all... (sighs) So I have mixed feelings about this, actually. (laughs) I am slightly less, like... Because of my retail experience, I am slightly less ragey about this mm-hmm. than I think most other sex bloggers are. But you go ahead. Go first. <laughs> okay. So my, like, prime example of terrible, like, gender stuff in sex toy marketing, um, I was sent a while ago to review some lubes from this company that makes pink lube and gun oil, which are, like, uh-huh. the names themselves are so fucking gendered. But they're, like, lube for women is called pink or pink water, and they have the lube for men, which is gun oil. And the thing about these lubes is that they're literally the exact same formulation. There is no difference between the two, but... The packaging is different. It's obviously very gendered. And the one for women is more expensive for the same quantity. And it Ugh. makes me so angry. And, like, well, they're not and even because it's in great. fancier packaging. Right. Like, it Which probably no does excuse. cost them more money to make. But, mm-hmm. like, why the fuck are you putting it in fancier packaging? <laughs> like, I know. And, like, a lot of lube companies that... Like, even Slickwid, which we like, is guilty of this. They have their Slickwid Ride, which is, like, their dude lube. And I yeah. can kind of get it, because I can get that there are It has are cowboys. Men. I know! <laughs> Those cowboys need lube for all the, like, <laughs> bouncing up and down on horses that they do all day. I don't know if that would actually help. That seems precarious. Maybe chafing. I could use some Uber lube for that. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, I I can kind of get it, because I definitely do know dudes who would probably balk at, like, getting a lube that looked at all feminine, but, like, can we just make things not quite so gendered? Because then wouldn't people of all genders feel more comfortable buying them? Yeah. Yeah, totally. And then there's just, like, I thought you were going to talk also about how sex shops love to have the four men section and four women and four couples mm-hmm. and it's like the prostates and sometimes their sorting is just okay <laughs> i maybe get it if you're putting prostate stuff and cock rings in the four men section because mm-hmm. like you don't understand how gender works <laughs> but then you have just like Men get the giant, realistic dildos. <laughs> They're too big and manly for my small feminine holes. Yeah, like what? I don't even know what that's supposed to mean. Why? <laughs> this ah. is one thing that I actually, I love this so much about, like, gay male sex toy culture is that there's so much about, like being so big and so masculine that you can take the biggest plug and the biggest dildo up your ass and i i kind of love love that that, like competitiveness because like that's just not present in toys for women and like (laughs) i'm not saying that like we should all be encouraging each other to take huge toys because obviously you should only do that if you want to but i personally have a sense of like competitiveness vaginally speaking with (laughs) with other people who have vaginas um about wanting to take massive things sometimes so yeah i definitely play into that like hyper masculinity of like taking (laughs) the biggest thing in my holes (laughs) oh but i just i think it's hilarious that Mm -hmm. that's how they sort stuff um some of my most favorite realistic dildos are made by flesh jack which is uh the company it's it's like connected to fleshlight and they make these dildos that are based on gay male porn stars actual dicks Mm. and the silicone is beautiful and like they're just these massive very real looking realistic dildos and i really like them even though they're definitely not marketed toward me but like fuck that i have a i have a hole i could stick stuff in there yeah 
<laughs> I, so like, okay, so yeah, that's ridiculous and stupid and I hate it. <laughs> but as someone who works in sex toy retail, mm-hmm. I will say all day, every day, I get, do you carry stuff for men? Mm-hmm. Where are your men's toys? Or, like, do you carry stuff I could use? And I'm, I don't know. I've never seen your bits. So. <laughs> um, but, like, my stock answer is always, like, oh, we carry stuff for people of all genders. Are you looking for, like, penis toys or cock rings or uh, mm-hmm. butt plugs or anything like that? And I kind of have them narrow it down. But for people, like, obviously sex toys aren't gendered. Um, however, I can, like... As long as you're being safe, most things can go in most holes or be rubbed against most erogenous zones. Like, mm-hmm. however, um, it can be like for people who are completely at a loss, who have never looked at sex toys before, seeing something that resonates with them mm-hmm. and being like. I, men, I am a man, and that is where men go, so I can click <laughs> on that and look at man things. Yeah. Um, I think can be really helpful and mm-hmm. can be, like, a way to get in the door and where the site can further educate them in other ways, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I have I have mixed feelings about that, but I'm not quite as ragey as most other people <laughs> uh, are. Yeah, and I also get that there is something slightly uncomfortable about centering genitals for some folks. Like, I get that if you're, like, already uncomfortable in a sex shop, you don't want to walk up to the sales assistant and be like, I would like a toy for my penis, please. Like, because that just feels really, I don't know, I could, I could definitely see even myself feeling uncomfortable saying I would like a clitoral vibrator or whatever. Um, cause those are words that I don't often say to strangers. So like, I can get that you want to couch it a little bit and, and be a little bit more subtle and maybe say, I'm looking for a toy that a woman could use, but like, that's yeah. not the most useful way to say that. So maybe there yeah, is a middle ground I, there somewhere. Yeah. And I think like, um, like, I've even had people very clearly not have the language for the things they want to say and not be comfortable with the language they're using and know it's maybe not the best language to say to this stranger, but mm-hmm. they don't have alternatives. Like, I've had um, people that look like cis dudes come into the store and be like, do you uh, do you carry um, pocket pussies? And I'm <laughs> like, oh, strokers? Sure. <laughs> and they're like... I can say stroker. Stroker is an acceptable word, <laughs> you know, but like yeah. they, they're clearly uncomfortable with the language, but they can't, they don't know what else to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, or like, they'll just, I'll have other people just be like, do you have like things that act as a vagina? <laughs> and I'm like, yes, yes. Or fleshlight the same way. Like you call all tissues Kleenex. Right. Like, do you have fleshlights? <laughs> and they'll pick up this like, $15 garbage looking stroker that we have and be like, so this flashlight and I'm like, do not tarnish the name. <laughs> that yeah, is you could get sued Johnson. for libel, probably. <laughs> <laughs> but I think, like, this is why sex toy marketing is important, right? Because, like, the, the ways that people get these phrases in their heads is because they hear them or see them in sex toy marketing. And so if we're using terms that are kind of dehumanizing, like pocket pussy... Like, those are the terms that people are going to remember and are going to know. So we need to kind of, like, I think the industry needs to shift in a direction where, like, the language around sex toys is more inclusive and less objectifying and all of those good things. Yeah. And, like, on the other side of that coin, labeling things, while it can be really helpful to see a name on a package that resonates with you and that is what you are, sometimes it can have the opposite effect. Like, we carry a bullet vibe from a company called Femme Fun. Um, and the vibe, it's the ultra bullet. It's one, it's almost tango level powerful. Um, it's softer, it's silicone, and it's like half the price. And it's awesome 
Hmm. But, like, it's got femme fun written all over the box, and I'm just like, meh, meh, can I have butch fun with it? Is that allowed? Can I do that? Um, or an even more, like, or an even more extreme example, we once sold, um, the Loki wave? I have purged most Lalo things from my brain, but <laughs> Loki wave is the dual stim wave one. I, oh no, Loki wave might be the single stim. I don't remember what the dual stim one is, but it's basically an Eno wave with a wider base. The Eno wave is very like clampy between mm-hmm. the clitoral arm and the internal arm. The Loki <laughs> wave, or the... It's a term you don't want to use about sex toys. It's clampy. <laughs> you do not want your sex toys to clamp your bits. This is I true. mean, unless you're um, into that, but I feel like most yeah. people are not. <laughs> um, but the alternative... Uh, the other one is wider because it's designed for butt stuff, and mm-hmm. the external arm is supposed to be up against the perineum, so it has a little bit more wiggle room. And a lot of times we sell that to people with vulvas when we're like, hey, if you don't like a lot of pressure externally, this is a better option mm-hmm. because it's a little bit wider, it's not as tight between the two. We had sold it to one person to give to her girlfriend for a bachelorette party or whatever. That person came back fuming because the box said prostate stimulator on it Mm. and she's like it's not for a prostate we're like right but like you can use it on a g-spot and she's like no i don't want it it's not the person doesn't have a prostate i'm giving it to a woman there's off-label uses yeah and like what blew my mind is like we showed this to you and you went that will feel great on a Mm g-spot and then you read the box and was like i must be completely wrong about my own body the box (laughs) says so Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and came back and like, I tapped out as soon as she came in and had someone else deal with it. Um, but like, I was kind of standing in the, behind them and the customer was like, you know, I just, I just want a normal toy. And I was like, okay, I gotta go. Yes. <laughs> and like, I said it out. I said that out. I like looked at her and I was like, yeah, I gotta go. And just walked away. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't with you right now. Yeah. yeah. Um, It is interesting how, like, sometimes we respond badly to toys that are marketed towards bodies that are very different from ours. But then also sometimes I even respond badly to toys that are clearly marketed towards people like me. Like, if a toy is, like, hyper feminine, like, I would describe myself as, like, pretty high femme. But, um, like, there's toys like the Womanizer that are, like... I don't know who designed the womanizer, but my guess would be some, like, older white cis dude who's extremely out of touch with what (laughs) women actually are into. Because it just, it reminds me so much of, like, if an alien came to Earth and was, like, reading through Cosmo magazine and then had to, like, build something that he thought a reader of Cosmo would be into. Because it's, like, they're, like, leopard print, like, the buttons are rhinestoned, Um, some of them are floral print, like, they're so ugly and, like... Those are clearly, like, they're trying to get at people like me. But when I look at that, I'm like, okay, I'm feminine, but I'm not that type of feminine. I'm not, like, gaudy, gross, ugly feminine. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like, I feel like they could really benefit from, like, maybe talking to the kind of person they're looking to make a product for. (laughs) Please, hire people as consultants. Hire people who know what they're talking about. Hire people like us. Yeah, like, (laughs) have a focus group. Like, mm-hmm. someone, someone, somewhere must have been like, bro, that is hideous. <laughs> and the dude was like, nah, man, women. <laughs> <laughs> Bitches be into leopard print and rhinestones, for sure. Obviously. It's I don't even need to check, I just know. End. <laughs> oh, the thing that sucks about the womanizer, though, is it's actually really good. Like, I hate uh, how good it is. <laughs> see, I hate it, so it's fine. Yeah. I hate it so much. I hate everything about it. (laughs) So, while we're talking about gendered toys, can we talk about the Lalo Pino for a second? (laughs) Do we have to? Yes. Okay, so for those who don't know, the Lalo Pino is the laughingstock of the sex toy industry, (laughs) as far as I'm concerned. So Lalo is like... That title goes to the tux. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait, we're gonna get to the tux. (laughs) One terrible misstep at a time, please. Um, so... It really, it, see, but the thing was, it started with one terrible misstep mm-hmm. that brought them to a staircase, which they then fell down. <laughs> <laughs> they they misfell all the way down, all those missteps. 
Um, so Lalo, like, they started out as, like, this company with rep- a reputation for being, like, for making high-end toys, mostly for women, like, really emphasizing female pleasure and sophistication and, like, beautiful, high-quality luxury toys. I was super into Lalo before I started reviewing toys. Me like, too. I thought they were just, like, top-of-the-line, like, dream toys. And, um... A few years into me reviewing, they released this thing called the Pino, which is a cock ring marketed specifically for male bankers. <laughs> well, it's a cock ring marketed towards bankers, but who are male. obviously who are obviously all men because those are the only people that use cock rings, right? Right, right, surely. And like, obviously, it's mostly men who are powerful, right? <laughs> like... Yeah, I'll, like I, I'm not getting the problem here. <laughs> I was going back through my email yesterday uh, looking for my emails with a Layla rep about Pino because in my memory, I asked them, like, they sent me a press release about it and I was like, are you sending this to me because you want to send me one to review? Because I would totally review one. I mean, obviously, I would tear it apart, but I didn't tell them that. Right. Um, and they I replied... I would gladly write about this atrocity. Yes. I absolutely <laughs> would like to do that. Um, but they wrote me back and they were like... Um, I actually have some other stuff, like, for women that you might be more into Uh. that I'll send you instead. But I was, like, in my memory, like, I kind of took that to mean, like, well, you're not the demographic of this toy. Like, you're not a male banker, so we're not going to send you one. And it was, like... Well, banker uh. dicks are different from other dicks. (laughs) (laughs) So what was it? It was was a vibrating cock ring, and then they also had, like, a money clip, which I believe said... It said always always be closing. closing. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Oh. And like, what the fuck? Did it also why? come with cufflinks, or was that something else that came with cufflinks? No, I think I think cufflinks was the third thing. But it's it was just like this this complete blunder because they, and they, they had were... this like this video that promoted it that was just like broy dudes in a club and like and just ridiculousness where it was like be cool. This dude is cool. Be cool like this dude and wear mm-hmm. our cock ring. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like they're trying to tap into a market that they're just not ever really going to have access to in the same way. Like, previously their market had been, I would imagine, like, mid to upper class white ladies mostly. Because they were all about, like, toys for female pleasure for the most part, or toys for couples. And then they, like, took this hard turn where all of a sudden they were really focusing on, like, mid to upper class men um, in, like, powerful economic positions. And it's like, I don't know that those dudes are thinking about sex toys this much or are putting that much time or effort or thought into picking their sex toys. Like, I don't know. To me, that just seems strange. Yeah, and I I think that's really interesting, though, and I think Lalo maybe could have done it better, because Mm -hmm. there really aren't high-end toys for people with penises. It's true. Um, And there really isn't, I mean, there's, like, the Hot Octopus Pulse, um, which I would probably consider luxe, and especially the way they, like, market it and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, But beyond that, and there's, like, some... Lux cock rings like the um, Layla ones and uh, the Jeju Mio, which I love and I sell all the damn time. Mm-hmm. Um, There's the uh, like, the Fun Factory Cobra Libre is like a fairly high end dick vibe, but I feel like Fun Factory's branding is not one of luxury. Like they're right. sort of all about like fun, quirky toys, and like even the Cobra Libre kind of looks like a race car. Like it's yeah, it's not it's, like it sophisticated. reminds me of like, it's like sporty, right? Um, and then, but that's really it. And then you have Fleshlight, mm-hmm. who is, and Tenga. Tenga's mm-hmm. stuff kind of looks like rocket ships. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but they don't, again, they don't really market as high end. And then mm-hmm. you have Fleshlight, who makes some of the best strokers out there, probably. Totally, yeah. Um, but their marketing is garbage! I know! Ugh. It feels so sleazy, like, and it doesn't it doesn't compute because, like, their toys are pretty decent quality. Like, they're, you know, they're porous, but it's toys for penises, so it's not as big of a deal. Right. And, and, but they're very, like, other than that, And to get that, silicone well that soft and that large and yeah, that, like, yeah. that's ugh, so much money. 
But it's like you've put all this this money into making this product that is like a very good quality product and fairly expensive compared to other products in that category. And then you have this marketing that just makes it feel like sleazy and gross. I don't know if their target audience is into that feeling or I don't know. I feel like, so I have, I come at this, I have a few feelings about this. First of all, I think it does a disservice to cis men, like Mm -hmm. in general, where it is like, (laughs) they like, grungy sex and like (laughs) they just like sex and sexy things all the time and like we need to dehumanize the women that they're fucking because they just like fucking and like creating this idea of the you know and they they do it for gay men too like gay men's Mm -hmm. products too where it's just like, although I really love the marketing on gay men's sex sites, oh, absolutely, it's hilarious, yeah. and like ox balls and stuff. It's just, oh, it's so over the top, <laughs> hyper masculine. That's a whole other thing. It's That's ridiculous, so and I love it. Um, even if ox balls can be problematic in their own way, um, <laughs> with other things, but like their marketing, it's just, oh, there are so many dicks and so many hairy men. Um, <laughs> My favorite things, <laughs> but. Uh, Anyway, um, but yeah, they do, they're doing this disservice to men, and there are plenty of people that like that really grungy, sleazy kind of sex, and sometimes I really like that kind of, like, Mm -hmm. erotic stuff, but they're not really there to be erotica. Mm -hmm. They're there to be, to sell their product, and I don't think they need to do it in that way. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of becomes this self-fulfilling prophecy where, like, if I want the best of the best, I gotta buy Fleshlight, because they right. are kind mm-hmm. of the best at what they do. But if I'm buying Fleshlight, the execs at Fleshlight are like, man, they love our marketing. Bro, <laughs> look at this. Everyone's buying it. Everyone. <laughs> Put more naked ladies on things. It's great. They love it. <laughs> and like a flashlight is not great but they're certainly not the worst because mm-hmm. then there's pipe dream yeah with their I, int- <laughs> I think it's interesting um when you look at the marketing for strokers in particular there's often taglines that involve the assertion that it's better than the real thing, um, mm. whether that means better than a vag or a butt or a mouth. And I like to imagine, <laughs> like, what fresh hell would be released if toys marketed for women were marketed in that way, where it was like, this dildo is better than the real thing. Because, like, I feel like dudes would freak out and would not stand for that. Because, like, not only does it, like, pit them against a sex toy, but it's also, like, dehumanizing, whatever. And and yet, toys for dicks are totally able to be marketed that way. It's very weird to me. Yeah. And they're very, like, I've also seen a lot of, like, really misogynist and dehumanizing, like, especially from Pipe Dream, where they're, like, you know, the best parts of a woman. Or, Mm -hmm. like, you know, best part is you don't have to cuddle her after. And, like, I'm thinking specifically, like, the fuck me silly line that they have. Yeah, yeah. Which is all of their, like, human-sized hunks of silicone. So, like, if you are in need of a torso that you can fuck, they can hook you up. Mm -hmm. Um, Or just a butt. Mm -hmm. They have that option. Mm -hmm. Um, Do you remember... I, I can't remember if it was Pipe Dream or Topco, which is, like, another similarly terrible company. But there was this line, it, I forget if it was called, like, Freaks or something. And it was, like, specifically this... supposed to be, like, people with, like, one of them had HIV. Like Oh, no, was that, like... Was, that was the Bugs line. Freaks is the, like, Alien and Frankenstein and... Um, right, Dracula right. and stuff that uh, Fleshlight makes. Which but is yeah, like a totally was... fun kind of yeah. freak. Like, that, if you're gonna make a line of sex toys called Freaks, they should be weird monsters and not, yeah. like, making terrible fun of people with, like, illnesses and disabilities. Like, that's unacceptable. Who okay yeah. with that? Yeah, it was called, like, I think it was called Bugs or something. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, I remember it was, like, shown at like, ANME or something years ago, and I don't they think it ever even became it. a thing. 
Like, I don't even think it ever actually came out. I think they, mm-hmm. like, showed it off, and everyone was like, bro, what do you, the fuck, what do you, yeah, you and they were like, oh, is this not cool? Should we, is this, sorry, and, like, it, like, never happened. Um, See, but it, it brings up an like, interesting question, which is, like, there are definitely people who have that fantasy of, like, fucking, you know, someone who has had a limb amputated or whatever the case may be, and it's yeah. like do you create products to serve the people with those fantasies and does that help them not objectify people with actual disabilities so much in real life? Or is it just always unacceptable to create toys like that? I really don't know what the answer to that is. I know that I was horrified by those toys myself, but like, yeah, there is a case to be made, I guess, that, that it's just an object and it's just a fantasy and better an object than a person. But I don't know. Yeah, and like... I think with, so I think the biggest issue with that too is like the marketing that goes into it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's gross. But this is reminding me of this thing I saw, um, circling Facebook again. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen it before where it talks about how all those infomercial project products were like these able-bodied people are like, kid just can't open this jar. It's too hard. Um, <laughs> And it looks ridiculous. These mm-hmm. products are actually, like, designed for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. Like, the Snuggie is a jacket for someone in a wheelchair. Um, mm. And stuff like that. But if they market it that way, they won't make the funds to continue making it. So they market right. it towards, like, stupid middle-class white people um, by <laughs> making it look ridiculous and, like, you need it. And it becomes this joke, but now people who need it have access to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, like... makes sense. So that, like, I'm like, okay, so you make this product that's super problematic, um, but it serves a very specific group, but you can't afford to keep making it if you sell one or two a year, mm-hmm. which is what might happen if you're targeting that group. So they make a joke of it, and so many people buy it as gag gifts, and now it's available, and, like... Ugh, I have so many complicated feelings um, about all of it, and it's just upsetting. And, like, Topco, and I think maybe Pipe Dream as well, has been known to make toys that are super racist, too. Like, Pipe Dream makes a lot of really racist stuff. Yeah, they'll make racial fetishization and, like, the marketing copy is so gross. They have... From their Fuck Me Silly line, they have the butt that just, like, sits on a table, which I almost want to, like, use for weird non-sex purposes, just have a butt, like, I could, it could hold my microphone when I record. (laughs) Um, Just, like, ridiculousness. I just want a butt sitting around, because it is such a good butt. Um, But, they have this, like, slab of cyber skin, and if you get the white one, um... It's, like, just a white butt, and they just settle for your basic misogynist copy. (laughs) But! (laughs) Just standard sexism. Cool. Exactly. (laughs) Real basic. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But if you get the one that is black or Hispanic, or any other, like, any other skin tone other than white... Mm Mm-hmm. It gets a whole different name. It's a completely different product, mm-hmm. and it's super racist. Uh, um, and it's like it's allowed? literally the same exact butt, but you change the paint job, and now it's like a big booty. And you're mm-hmm. like, I don't. It's the same. <laughs> it's literally the same. Yeah, and it's just so. Obs- and then again, there's no one else that you can buy a giant butt from. So, like, if you need a giant butt, you're giving your... <laughs> Some people do, okay? I know. So if you need a giant butt in your life to hold your microphone while you record your sex podcast, yeah, you're telling Pipe Dream that their marketing works. I know. And I it know. doesn't. But it becomes... And, like, even if you're someone that is like, oh, this is horrible, but, like, also I want that butt. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> the, uh, it just... Ah, it just, grr. It yeah. just, yeah. These toys to me, like, obviously the racism is a massive issue, but what I also think about when I think about these toys is, 
Do you really need your toy to resemble your fantasy so closely that you will buy only the specific race that, like, of the person that you're fantasizing about? Like, this is so strange to me because, like, when I'm using toys, I fantasize about whoever the fuck I want, and I don't really need the toys to physically resemble whatever body type of person I'm fantasizing about because it's in my head and I have an imagination. So I think... I think that the people that will go after a certain race of sex toy mm-hmm. are not getting that. Okay, so having the sex toys in different race in different skin tones is super important just for representation and yeah. for people who buy them because they want it to look like them. Right. That cool. makes sense to me, totally. But um I think there's this other subset of people that buy it because, um, for them it's not about, like, I'm fantasizing about this dude that I've had a crush on forever, and he has a specific skin tone, and I want the dick to match that. It's a fetish, fetish, you know the word. That's a hard word. That's a really hard word. (laughs) Is early. Um, (laughs) fetishization. Wow. Almost. (laughs) We're going with it. Fucking A. Um... Oh, this is an important, salient point I'm making. I know, I'm sorry. (laughs) Serious shit, okay? It really is. I'll stop. Um, And they are, like, it's specifically about the race and not about the person. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is gross and problematic. And also, a lot of my kinks are problematic. And that's just, like... Yeah, this is the question. Again, is like mixed feelings. Like your your kinks can be problematic, but you need to recognize that and like be conscious in the way that you play them out. Yeah. Um, like even if Pipe Dream was like, to donate a significant portion of their proceeds to like groups that further social justice in some way or something like that. Yeah. Because like the issue is like. You can have your private fantasy about whatever. Like, there's a debate to be had about whether, like, for example, racial fantasies are inherently unethical. And I don't think, like, I'm, I'm definitely not the expert or the authority on, on that question right. as a white person. But I think, like, there there's a debate between, like, uh, is it okay to have your private weird fantasy even if it's offensive? And I think, yeah, you can have your private weird fantasy, but, like, when you have this marketing copy that exists in exists in the world that anyone could see, that shit's gonna be really harmful and hurtful for people who read it who, like, their particular bodies or ethnicities or whatever are being fetishized. So yeah. I think at that point, it's doing a harm that it wouldn't do if it was just your private fantasy inside your own head. So, ugh, yeah. there's, like, and there's... gross balance there. And the other issue is you run into this so much where people are not recognizing it as problematic. Yeah. Like, I've had people saunter into my store, like, middle-aged white couples saunter into my store and be like, you know, hey, I need the big black cock. And you're like, nope, nope, <laughs> Like, I've had them say it to people of color. Like, look them dead in the eye and just be like, this is what I need. And they're like, um... Well, all right. And just, like, it doesn't even phase them. Like, Mm -hmm. it's like... Because it's a porn trope. Like, we hear these these porn tropes all the time, and, like, that doesn't make them acceptable, but they're just so, like, well-worn in our culture that it, like, they've lost their And as if they assume that the big dills only come in one color. (laughs) Um, And, like, that's that's what is... That is what you buy. Yeah. And it's just gross and like that's when your kinks become a problem when you don't reflect on them and like Think figure critically. that shit out yeah, yeah. can Unpack we talk your about shit the... people can we talk about the dick tucks mm-hmm. <laughs> yes please <laughs> okay please, so last year i think like in time for valentine's day ish well, naturally, Lalo... you need to get real fancy for Valentine's. Yeah, of course. Take Lalo it up a released, uh, Lalo made a tux for dicks. Um, right? <laughs> it's just called naturally. the tux, I believe. And uh, 
I was working at the Plaid Zebra at the time, which is an, on an online magazine, and I got to write an article about it. So I did a ton of research on the dick tucks. I know more about the dick tucks than anyone should be required to know, really. Um, for example, the fact that it's dry clean only, which I find <laughs> hilarious because the dry cleaners are going to think you're a weirdo. <laughs> Even if they don't realize that it's a dick tux, they're going to be like, why are you bringing in this tuxedo for a gerbil like what is what is <laughs> happening here what is your life and the other thing that i found perplexing about the dick tucks is that it's supposedly one size fits all but in fact the length of it i believe was five inches or thereabouts which means that if your dick is in fact smaller than whatever that length is your dick will appear to be headless like it'll just be like a headless tuxedo My... so it's not one size fits all my favorite part about the dick tucks mm -hmm. is that it's fucking upside down. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. Like, why where should the... Where should the top be? The top, well, because it has a head. So, like, the tie should be coming from the head. And isn't it, the tie is at the pelvis. Is it not? Oh, my the God. The tie is at the pelvis. See, here's the thing is that they didn't really provide any good photos of the tux in action True. which makes sense because like Lalo their marketing is like classy or whatever so they don't want to just have dicks on their website but I really feel like I do not have a sense at all of like how it goes on or how it's oriented when it's on and also it's like it's like 30 or 40 dollars I think in Canada it was 40 dollars and I was like this is a gag gift at best like no one is really gonna shell out that much money unless they have so much money that that's like nothing to them but like a which is Layla's target market market yeah but like it's so if this was like if this was released by a company who had a reputation for being fun and quirky and whatever and was a lot cheaper and if I was having sex with someone who was really funny and who had it I had a good like humor based rapport with and then they <laughs> pulled down their pants and they were wearing a dick tux I would lose my shit I would think that was the funniest <laughs> thing I'd ever heard of but the fact that it's Lalo and they're so, they take themselves so seriously. Like all the marketing around this product was like about sophistication and class. I was like, you guys, it's a tuxedo for your dick. What are you doing? I want to, okay. I'd like to mention a few things here. Okay. First of all, it's absurd. But also I Google imaged it mm -hmm. to see if I could confirm that it is in fact an upside down dick tux. And... Judging by this image here, it looks like the strap that goes up and around your balls is right near where the bow tie is, what which the fuck? to me says it's upside down. Um, That's... I also ugh, I hate that. Found a um, crocheted uh, minion thing oh, that can no. go over your dick. No, <laughs> so that's a thing. And I found this excellent image of a dude in a tux, like, kissing up on some other dude's butt, um, okay. but not in, like, not in, like, a rimming way, like, he's just sensually <laughs> holding the guy. <laughs> and it's ridiculous. Um, See, when when the Lalo Tux came out, it made me think of these condoms I like, which are made by Lifestyles, and I believe they're called the Lifestyles Tuxedo Condoms, and Lifestyles have been making them for a few years, and they're just, like, black condoms, um, and the packaging has, like, a little red bow tie illustration on it, and, like, all the marketing copy around these condoms uh, is kind of, like, tongue-in-cheek and says, like, sex is an occasion worth dressing up for. Uh -huh. um, but they're really just, like, black condoms. Like, they, they look kind of cool and, like, I guess kind of fancy because they're, like, different from most condoms. But it's it was really just, like, a name. And I, I had bought them for my ex-partner because we both thought they were hilarious. And he actually really liked them. He said sensation-wise they were great. So I've kept occasionally buying them because I do actually like them. And especially for, like, butt stuff, having black mm, condoms is yeah. a really cool thing because, like, it hides the mess just the same as, like, black gloves do. So that's, like, I like those. But the Lalo Dick Tucks, it just, the problem, it just took itself so seriously. Like, they were just, they were so sincere about it. And, like, no. <laughs> they really believed in it. I know. <laughs> also, please look at this image I just sent you. Oh. 
hate he's seriously, about he's it. just like, he's in a tux and so serenely just cradling this other naked human. He looks like he's like a butcher and he's like <laughs> sniffing this piece of meat to see if it, it's up to snuff. And he's, but he's also wearing a tux because he's a very important butcher. He's, like, he's just like, mm, yes, hello. Hi. Like, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't get it. And that's what came up when I googled Lalo Tux. Excellent. <laughs> yes. Can we talk about one more marketing trend that I hate before yes. we move on? Yes, um, we can. Let's talk about fucking orgasm guarantees. Ah! This shit makes me so ah! angry. I want to throw sex toys out the window. Um, so toys like the Womanizer, I believe also the Satisfier, which is a Womanizer ripoff, and some other toys Oh, did you of. see they also ripped off the Wii Vibe now? <laughs> no, everybody rips Satisfier off the Wii Vibe, is, though. Well, true. <laughs> but Satisfier is like, look, we make this unique suction-based clitoral toy. Look, we make a couple's vibe that is C-shaped and you wear during penetration. And I'm like, motherfuckers, come up with an idea. All by your lonesome. <laughs> I if believe it in was, you. Okay, if it was like a WeVibe shaped toy, but the outer portion had Satisfier technology, so it was suction based, would I would work. be like, it wouldn't, but if that was a possible thing, I would be like, that's really True. cool, and you're putting but your like, own it spin on it. too much. I know. But no, but it's it, just, it's yeah. just a WeVibe clone. I feel like there's their Satisfier, their thing is that they make the Satisfier, which is a suction based toy. Like, stay in your lane, yeah. Satisfier. Anyway, both of these toys... But they're not in their lane. They're in Womanizer's lane. I know. Okay, so here's the here's the embarrassing admission, though, is I have my Satisfier review going live on my blog within the next week or two, I think, and I actually like it better than the Womanizer, and I'm so ashamed because it is just, like, a blatant ripoff. But I do feel like they actually improved on it, and I don't know how to feel about that. Oh. But anyway, these toys, they, they have an orgasm guarantee, right? Where, like... They, they they claim that you will have an orgasm every time, and I th- I don't know if it's actually a guarantee in the sense that you get your money back if you Woman don't. Womanizer does. Womanizer has a 30-day guarantee. It's the one of the only sex toys I know of that if you don't like it, you can bring it back. Okay. So that's cool, and I kind of like that, but I just... And that's ballsy. Uh, yeah, really. For a $250 um, toy that you're about to take a loss on? Like... Yeah. That's and ballsy. I also, like, when I first I tried... That. When I tried the Womanizer, I was, like, angry that I did have an orgasm with it because I was like, fuck, I wanted to prove them wrong. (laughs) But um, I just feel like these toys, when they make the promise that, like, if nothing else has ever gotten you off, this will get you off. I feel like the people who actually do have orgasm difficulties or are perhaps anorgasmic, um, if they try these toys, they're already at the point of feeling broken. And maybe these are like their last resort toys that they're trying. And then if these toys don't get them off, I feel like they're going to feel so much more broken because these are the orgasm guaranteed toys. Like they must really be broken if these won't work. And I feel like that's just not okay. Like just let people enjoy their bodies, however their bodies work, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. And I think that like... I think it's, I think, yeah, you're setting people up to feel broken. And I think it's also a little upsetting if the best thing you can say about your sex toy is, like, it will give you orgasms. Because I have sex toys that I have that give me orgasms that I still don't like. I have the Pure Wand, and the Pure Wand, I'm actually not as huge a fan of the Pure Wand as most people are. Because it gets me off, and, like, I can have G-spot orgasms with them with it, but it's so fast and robotic and, like, <laughs> almost clinical, mm-hmm. which can be fun sometimes, but usually it's just, like, I can insert it and, like, wiggle it three times, and then I get off, and it's like, ta-da! <laughs> um, so, like, I think just being, like, it will give you orgasms is kind of a boring sales pitch. Yeah, how um, good will it feel while it's giving me those orgasms? Will it feel unique and interesting? Will the journey be fun, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, I need more to it, thanks. <laughs> I 
And I've heard some other bloggers describe the womanizer and satisfier type toys as like hurtling toward orgasm. Like the orgasm is like almost forced on them before they're ready for it. And it's like, (laughs) that's not really the point of sex toys. Like the point is like, I guess like you define your own point of what your masturbation and sex toys are supposed to be for. But like, for me at least, it's about pleasure and like, you know, hurtling toward orgasm is not necessarily my definition of the heights of pleasure. I don't know. Yeah, no, I I 100% agree. I was so pissed off when I tried my womanizer and I had an orgasm within minutes. I was like, fuck you, like, you guaranteed this and therefore you do not deserve it. (laughs) Spiteful masturbation is very on brand (laughs) for us. It's my favorite kind. (laughs) Like, how dare you be good? Fuck that and fuck yeah is our weekly segment where we tell you something we hate and something we love. And this week it's all about sex toy marketing. What is your fuck that, Bex? My fuck that is how every company insists on being innovative with sex toys. (laughs) And like, usually they're not. Yeah, they can't so, like, all be, just statistically. The it's world impossible. has been making sex toys for a while. Like we've mm-hmm. we've pretty good at this. We've figured and, some shit out. Yeah. And like so you can be they they fall into one of two camps. Companies that call themselves innovative <laughs> for making a thing that you can put on your bits that fucking vibrates. And they're like, no one's ever done this before. We prioritize women. We know what women like. We're different. Like, it was like when Layla was like, we're making an innovative condom. It's still latex. And you're like, and the, you have... And the spokesperson is Charlie Sheen for some reason. Yeah. Fuck Layla forever. Um, and it's basically like, you have changed nothing. Mm-hmm. And you're just labeling it innovative for funsies. <laughs> Or you have a company that did something different. <laughs> that is a true thing. Uh, but it's something we never fucking wanted <laughs> at all. <laughs> like when Lalo made a scented sex toy. <laughs> I don't I don't need my toy to smell like vanilla lavender. I In want fact, it it's slightly sp- concerning if it does. <laughs> right? Like, There's also like a self-warming dildo that's being crowdfunded right now. Something to that effect. And it's like, I've never really had the problem where my toys were too cold. And if I did, then they warmed up pretty quickly because they're yeah. inside my body. So Yeah. Um, or like Cascade, which were like basically lube shooters and dildos and vibrators like blended into one and it like applies its own lube (laughs) but only their lube which was gross lube Mm -hmm. and you had to buy like specific little capsules that you put into the vibrator like i can just put lube on my bits i have (laughs) access to them worst case if i'm doing like some intense shit i can buy a lube shooter they're like eight dollars for three it's fine (laughs) i feel like these toy innovations they often seem to come from people who are outside of the industry and just think that they have this brilliant idea and they're like i'm gonna enter the sex toy industry but it's like if you spend some time actually in this industry looking around at what's already there you might discover that your idea actually isn't that innovative or isn't needed yeah, and it's always people who are like, we walked into a sex store, we looked around, <laughs> and saw a need for something different. It's like, shut the fuck up. Shit. Shut up. <laughs> like, I would not walk into, like, a dick Sporting Goods and be like, shit, y'all are doing sports wrong? <laughs> You need a triangle-shaped ball. (laughs) There's not a sport for it yet. But there will be. But, like, an equilateral triangle. (laughs) I don't see one of those here. And I'm gonna make millions. (laughs) What's your fuck that? (laughs) 
Um, my fuck that is companies who frame their products' shortcomings as features. <laughs> oh, you mean Bethesda? <laughs> I don't get that reference because I'm not that kind of nerd, but okay. Someone out there is laughing, <laughs> even if it's just you. <laughs> they, just, they just need all of their fans to fix their games for them. Okay. Right. Okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> so, the example I have of this, there are many, but my personal favorite is the Jimmy Jane Little Chroma. Which <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is the appropriate reaction to the Little Chroma. Um, so, Jimmy Jane is another company like Lalo that claims to be all high class and luxury, etc. But uh, one of their like claims to fame in their early days was this vibrator called the Little Chroma, which is basically just a glorified metal bullet vibe. And, you know, you can get a bullet vibe for 15 or 20 bucks. Um, and they're usually one speed and they're cheap and battery operated. Not that great. Usually pretty buzzy. And the Little Chroma is all of those things, except it's uh, it's made of aluminum or various other fancy ass metals that they use. Um, and then they market it as like this everlasting vibrator because you can uh, take out the motor and replace it with a different motor when the motor burns out. But the thing is that it's one speed. It's like you can't have a one speed vibrator and sell it for like over $100. You can't do that. That's not allowed. That should be illegal. It makes me we so angry. Approve. But they, they marketed it as like, it's only one speed, but it's the perfect speed for the human body. It's, like, optimized <laughs> in some way. And then sometimes you would, uh, I don't know if Jimmy Jane themselves officially said this, but I read some reviews where people were like, if you use the toy, like, right at the end where the motor is, then it's stronger. And then if you back off to the, the other parts of the toy, then it's weaker. So you can kind of, like, moderate the how the vibrations feel to yourself using like bethesda i shouldn't have to fix your game for you <laughs> i shouldn't need mods to make it fucking work <laughs> yeah jimmy jane you gotta you gotta have more than one speed on a vibrator okay because like did just say just physiologically like vibrations do kind of dampen your sensitivity temporarily at least for most people i think so like you do turn up the vibrations as you use them typically and, like, for me, like, there's just no fucking way on any planet in any timeline of any multiverse that a one-speed vibe is ever going to get me off. Like, it's just not going to happen. And then they market and it as, like, a great thing. And it's like, shut up. No. No. Aren't they also one of those companies that um, is like, oh, shit, our vibe overheats. I mean, it's warming. <laughs> <laughs> it is a warming vibrator. <laughs> The it other thing good. about the little chroma that makes me so angry, though, is that they they market it as waterproof, but uh, in order to be waterproof, the battery chamber has to be screwed all the way closed, and there's no off button. The way that you turn the vibrator off is to unscrew the battery chamber. So your vibrator <laughs> is either on and waterproof or off and not waterproof. So <laughs> if I'm going to use it in the bath, it has to be on for the whole of that process, which includes like when I'm sitting, you know, in the bath getting situated and my vibe's just on the side of the bath, like it's on the whole time or else I'm going to get water in it. And it's luckily like, that's not what waterproof means, Jimmy Jane. Think again. Luckily, it's not very strong, so it's not like it'll, like, rattle off the side. It'll just be, like, humming in place. Yeah. <laughs> it makes me so angry. I hate it so much. Anyway, what is your fuck yeah? My fuck yeah is gonna be uh, WeVibe and Lamarose, which I can never pronounce their names, so I don't know why I'm talking about them on a podcast. But, um... <laughs> Both of those are companies that, for the most part, just take your, like, solid, basic-style toy and made it better. Mm -hmm. Like, they... W and when they do have, like, innovative things, they're actually cool features. Mm -hmm. Like, um, Lamarose has their warming toys, the Rouge line, and I've never used one of the warming ones, but I've heard really, really good reviews of them. Yeah, me too. And WeVibe created the couple's toy like yeah. the entire idea of it mm -hmm. and and we vibe like was like we made this thing and the world was like it's great but here's how it'd be better and we vibe went great we made this thing too 
<laughs> and we were like, awesome, let's make it a little better. And, like, every year they've just improved on it based on what we heard and not been like, we have changed the game in sex toys. They were like, y- you said it might be better if we made adjustable hinges, so uh, here's the sink. <laughs> um, and, like, that's that's all a sex toy company needs to be. They don't need to run around and be ostentatious and we are luxury. We are innovative. We mm-hmm. are, like changing the game they're oh jeju is really good at this too um i don't want to forget them but like those three companies are just kind of like uh i heard you like external vibrators so uh here's the mimi Mm -hmm. and the touch uh i know some people like bullets so here's a tango (laughs) and they're just like we took this idea, and uh, I think we made it pretty good. What do you think? <laughs> like, there's just, like, a certain, like, modesty to it where they're just like, we took this basic idea and just made it good. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just good. It yeah. is just a good thing. And they're affordable. <laughs> they're not, like... Like, the prism is, like what, a hundred bucks, nine bucks, one ten, like right in that range, depending on where you get it from. Mm-hmm. The Mona is a hundred and fucking seventy. Yeah, fuck Layla forever. <laughs> and they're very similar products. <laughs> My favorite instance of a company improving upon a pre-existing vibrator is when Vibratex took over the uh the magic yes. wand because like they could have just been like we're gonna totally fuck up the hitachi but they knew that people would be outraged the world over so what they did is they made the magic wand rechargeable which is just a hitachi with two additional speeds and some patterns and it works better it doesn't overheat it doesn't catch on fire you can use <laughs> it while I... it's plugged in or not like it's incredible it's a perfect product as far as i'm concerned the way i always talk about the rechargeable is like they took the magic wand, which is a back massager people put on their bits, mm-hmm. and they turned it into a sex toy. Mm-hmm. They were like, we're putting it on your bits. Let's make it non-porous. Mm-hmm. Let's make the vibrations a little bit more rumbly so they're less desensitizing. Mm-hmm. Let's make it cordless and add patterns. Like, it's all they so did good. was turn it into a fucking sex toy since that's how we were all using it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm keeping a spreadsheet of all my orgasms in 2017, and I have a column that's, like, where I write what vibe I was using, and literally more than half of them has been, probably upwards of, like, 75% has been the Magic Wand Rechargeable, because it's just so fucking good. It's just, they got it right. It's just good. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your fuck yeah? My fuck yeah is genderless marketing. Woo! <laughs> This excites me greatly. I was just on the website yesterday of Funk It Toys, which um, we're hopefully going to have the dude from Funk It, Kenton, on our show at some point. I think that's in the works. But uh, he's awesome, and one of his uh, things that's important to him in in the marketing of his sex toy company is that it all be genderless. So, like, the dildo section is just called dildos, and the butt plug section is just called plugs. Like, there's no need to gender that, because you can put dildos in a whole lot of different holes, and also everybody has a butt. And I just like that, and I think, like, companies like that prove that you actually don't lose very much when you skip the gender binary in your marketing. Like, you can still easily find whatever it is that you're looking for. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's a lot easier than people think it is to mm-hmm. do that. But I do... Uh, I do hate bringing it back around to my fake innovation. Uh <laughs> when Picobong made the Transformer and was like, it's completely genderless! We had to make a new sex toy to make it genderless! And it's like, bitch, every other fucking sex toy is genderless! (laughs) Just stop writing genders on them! (laughs) It's so easy. (laughs) Like, and they were like, we changed everything and made it not have gender. And it was like, but... You made it have gender in the first place! Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Pico Bong, the worst. Yeah. And on that note, <laughs> thank you so much for listening to this episode of The Dildorks. <laughs> 
Um, I don't have a pun here. I'm trying to think of something marketing related. Uh, I hope we left a mark. <laughs> <laughs> That's more impact play related. We should have talked about the marketing of spanking toys so I could use that. <laughs> you know Please what? don't leave that in the podcast. Why? It's so good. <laughs> no, it's really not, though. It is, though. It left a mark on my heart. So funny. I just knew it would make you laugh. Oh man. Yeah, that really gave me a funny boner, you know what I'm saying? Oh god. <laughs> okay. Uh my name is Kate Sloan. I have a sex blog at girlyjuice.net and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at girly underscore juice. Bex, where's your stuff at? I am at Bex Talk Sex on Twitter and Instagram. I write occasionally i'm gonna write more again uh, at bextalksex.com and together we're the dildorks we're at the dildorks on twitter and instagram you can email us at the dildorks at gmail.com and we are on most major podcasting things but if you have a service that you use that we're not on get at us email us and i can make that happen we would also love if you could tell your friends about us because we are always down to have more sex positive awesome listeners to talk to thank you um thank you so much to protodome for letting us use his song i want you in my bedroom as our theme song it's off the album chip funk and you can find his music at protodome.bandcamp.com thank you also to amy gardner for doing our art she's at starboots underscore on twitter and you should hire her for all your illustration needs because she's excellent Until next time, folks, get out there and live your sexy, dorky life. Bye! What do you think of those glasses I just sent you? They just look like regular geeky dude glasses, which is my jam, so I approve. Yeah. Oh, like these handsome dudes. <laughs> oh, there are handsome dudes wearing them? I there's didn't a, check. There's one handsome dude. He's wearing like a slightly Christmassy sweater. I'm into it. He looks very serious. Oh, if this... you move your mouse, he turns his head. <laughs> I feel the so powerful. The one I'm looking at now doesn't have... Oh! <laughs> he does move his head. I know! <laughs> I'm looking at a different dude. Well, I'm looking at a different pair of glasses. I don't know if they're a different dude. his face he just has such a beautiful face tell me if it's the same dude no it's a different dude I like this dude better though he's got Daniel Radcliffe vibes (laughs) yeah (laughs) and he just no matter where I move he keeps looking at me (laughs) it's this is so creepy I feel like if I was high I would be really upset by this (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I feel like these glasses might fit, might be nice for me. Ooh, I gotta close this. It's freaking me out. <laughs>